Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Okay, today I'd like to go into a study that has always fascinated me. Whenever I have been reading the Bible through the years and I see anything that has to do with the three parts of man, I would always highlight it, bookmark it, save it away, and keep it because it's very interesting. It's always it's helped me to understand what's going on in my in my being, what's going on with myself, why I make the decisions I make, why I behave the way I behave, why I want to do some things and not do other things. All of this has to do with the three parts of man, the things that you're made of. You're made of three different things. Like I said, I've been keeping up with these uh, little tidbits I find as I do Bible study over the years, and I would save these things up and, and store them away. Well, I finally decided maybe it's time to get all of this and put it together in one spot, one lesson, streamline it together and make a uh, a presentation out of it so that people can understand what I've been seeing. and. It, it, it'll really help you. Uh, I first caught wind of this from Watchman Nee, the Chinese guy that uh, was put away in prison for uh, declaring the gospel, and he would not back off of it. As a matter of fact, I think he even had an opportunity to get released early, and he would not recant his Christian faith, and so they kept him in. And he stayed in prison until he had died, and he did most of his writing. Uh, he did some very good books. He, he wrote about the, what's called the spiritual men. The Spiritual Man by Watchman Nee, where he talks about the three parts of men. And that's where I first caught on to all this. But I'm not going to read to you from Watchman Nee. Great a man as he was, I stick with the Bible. Thankfully, Watchman Nee showed me in the Bible where the three parts of man are mentioned and how how to follow it. So again, every time I saw something in the Bible mentioned about the three parts of men, I wrote it down or saved it. And I want to give it to you. So here we are today. Uh, to study about the three parts of man. Now, where do we get these three parts, right? You've said three parts of man more than three times. You've I've probably said it 30 times by now. <laughs> so what is it? Okay, if you first go into 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so that's what makes you up completely, as the text says. Uh, Completely is spirit, soul, and body. These are the three parts of man, spirit, soul, and body. Now, we're going to cover each one of them one at a time to get a clear biblical perspective of what they are and what they do. Because I believe once you understand what these parts are, what they do, and how they interact, you'll be able to make better decisions, and you'll be able to listen inwardly better and 
reject the sin nature of the body. But let's go into that first. Let's let's start with the worst part of them all is <laughs> is the body, the body, our flesh. Okay, Romans seven verse eighteen says, "For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find." Okay, he's saying that. The flesh is nothing good in it. It's it's totally messed up. Our body carries the sin nature within it. And there's nothing good in us at all. Nothing good in us whatsoever. And Paul wrote that there's nothing good about our flesh. It's totally ruined. It is corrupted. There's no, you know, you can try to say, "Well, I'm good. I'm awesome. I'm this good guy." Guys, the Bible says in your flesh, nothing good dwells. Not even the will that you know you want to do. You can't even know how to perform it. You don't even know how to do what's good. Well, I'm a good guy. You don't even know how to do it. It's not in you. You just don't carry it. It's a sin nature problem that we got at the fall of man. And Charles Spurgeon once said, he said, as the salt flavors every drop in the Atlantic, So does sin affect every atom of our nature. It is so sadly there, so abundantly there, that if you cannot detect it, you are deceived. Wow, that's pretty bad. But this is known, this is what is known as total depravity. Total depravity. The fact that human nature is so thoroughly corrupt and devoid of righteousness as a result of the fall. With Adam, our ancestor Adam, he passed the sin nature down to every one of us, and that's how we all got it. We all got it from him. We all have it. Not one of us is exempt. Romans 5 and 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Okay, I don't know if you've noticed there's a fact out there. Studies have, so, uh, have, have shown over centuries and centuries, over thousands of years, there's been all these studies that have been put together over thousands and thousands of years that 10 out of every 10 people will die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, it has been observed for thousands of years. We can say that. that it is a study. All people die. They're all going to die. You know we're going to have our day too, unless Christ comes back first, but we're all going to die. Why? Because death spread through sin, and we all got sin through the same guy. Okay? That's just the way it is. Uh, You can talk about, I'm good, I'm awesome, I, I try to do good things. No, your body does not even know how to do it. It doesn't know how to, it's totally deprived of any, depraved of anything that it could possibly do that's right. Sounds like a problem, right? Well, yeah, it is. And but because of the sin nature, how does it affect us? Let me show you James 4, verse 1. James says, where do wars and fights come from you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Members, that, that he didn't mean members of the church. He didn't mean members of your club. He meant members, your flesh, your arms, your legs, your head. The, the flesh body is the members of the body. That's where the fights and the wars come from. It's, it's a desire for pleasure. It's a sinful, selfish mess. So that's what the sin nature body does. It causes fights, causes wars. There's nothing good in it at all. 
And this is why the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, let's move on to the uh, the next part I want to talk about, the spirit. What is the spirit? It's your very innermost core, innermost part of your being. Romans 7, verse 22 says, For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. The inward man. Many times in the Bible you'll see something referred to as the inner man or the inward man. It's also synonymous with the heart because that's your that's your core. It's the very center, innermost part of your being, the inner man, inward man, heart. It's all the spirit. Okay? Now, it's very important we understand the spirit because that's how God looks at us. First Samuel sixteen seven says, For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God doesn't look at your outer. Well, I'm imperfect. I I can't do this. I can't jump as high as the guy over here. I, I can't run as fast as athletes do. I'm not as pretty as the Hollywood people. I'm not as rich as ever. It doesn't matter. God doesn't look there. He looks at your inward inner man. He looks at the heart. That's what God looks at. All that stuff outside where the five senses of your body are, are communicating with the outer world that says, you got to have this, you got to have that, you got to be this way, you got to look this way, you got to be slim enough, you got to be strong enough, you got to be fast enough, you got to be rich enough. You got God looks at the heart. So already, just knowing two parts of, of the man is that you can determine how to conduct yourselves according to what God pays attention to which is the heart. So let's pay attention to how we are with our heart, because that's where God looks. Now, the next one was the soul. The soul, that's the third. But I want to ask you a quick question. What's the difference between the soul and the spirit? The soul and the spirit, there's a lot of people, they think they're the same thing. They're not the same thing. It's very different. When God creates a person, he takes a flesh body and he takes a spirit and he puts them together, which creates a soul. The soul is the mind. It's your, it's your consciousness. It's your making decisions. And so when he puts a spirit in a flesh body, a soul is created. And this is kind of like, like when you have dirt in one hand and water in the other, and you put them together, and it makes mud. Okay, you don't get mud until you combine dirt and water. And the same thing with a soul. You don't get a soul until you take a flesh body and put a spirit within it. Then you get a soul, a personality. It's how you think the way you do. That I like certain things and don't like other things. Your decisions, your will, all of those things, uh, your character, conscience, free will choices, those are all elements of the mind, which is also called your soul. So your soul is also the same as your mind. It's where you determine. It's how you weigh things out. It's how you judge things. You're going to evaluate things there. The soul is created when the body gets put together with flesh, much like you don't get mud till you put dirt and water together. Now, I did not just call you mud, right? I feel like you just called me mud. You're trying to make me feel dirty. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's just a, the best example I can use. So if it sticks, then great. Well, mud does stick. But I mean, if the idea sticks in your mind uh, that you can remember that, then wonderful. Now you can understand what creates a soul. So Romans 8 verse 7 says, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, 
those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, that's our big problem here. This is our really big problem, is that we all have this sin nature that causes our mind to hate God, and it will not subject itself to the law of God, nor can it even do it. Well, I'm just going to decide today I'm going to subject myself to God. You can't just decide that. You had to have help. You had to have help in the Spirit make you, uh, influence you to make that decision. But the carnal mind, Romans 8, 7 says, the carnal means the physical mind, the physical, uh, the worldly mind. It says it is hostile against God. You know what hostile looks like? Well, turn on the news. You'll see hostile. Hostile is, I don't like you. I hate you. I'm mad at you. Fist in the face kind of thing. It is hostile against God, and it will not be subject to God because it doesn't even have the ability to do it. It is that far gone. Our flesh and our mind is just ruined. Now, this means that we are so filthy, saturated with sin that there's no way we could ever get right with God. No way on our own. No way you could get right with God on your own. Our mind is tainted with the total inability to subject itself to God. And if that's not bad enough, I mean, it sounds like two out of three is pretty bad, Ray. We're, we're in trouble because, because the flesh jumps in and plays tag team with your mind to encourage it to be even worse than it already was. Your mind is already terrible. Now, now you got two out of three of your parts playing against God. Romans 7.23 says, I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. He says, the body is waging war against the mind. The mind is already bad enough already, not even able to subject itself to God. But then the body comes along and makes it worse, waging war on it. You ever had a bad kid who was, he was just bad, and then he hung out with somebody worse? And the two of them together, now they're really bad because now they're influencing each other. <laughs> That's the way it was with your mind. Your mind couldn't even subject itself to God's law or nothing. And now here comes the body, the, the, the bully down the street, making it even worse. And man, if we, weren't, if we weren't in trouble before, we're double in trouble. Double trouble is where we were. Hatred of God. And so... Hostile against God in the mind, sin tainted in the body, with the flesh is constantly firing ammo into the mind to keep hatred of God going. This is how much trouble we've all been in. This is why it says all have sinned and fall short, way short, buddy, let me tell you, way short of the glory of God. What are we going to do? What in the world can we do? We got our mind going the wrong way. We got our flesh helping it go the wrong way. How could anybody possibly get out of this hopeless situation? Romans 7, 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my gosh, that is good. Paul understood, I'm wretched. I am messed up. How am I going to get out of this? Jesus Christ is how I'm going to get out of this. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Remember, death came to all men, right? Through Adam, it was for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God 
is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, in Romans 6.23, you see two things here. You see wages and you see gift. Wages is something you earn. You know, you go to work and you put in your hours for the day and you earn that money because you put in the work necessary to get that paycheck. Those are your wages. But it says the wages of sin is death. That means death. We earned it. We earned death. That means we actually put in the work necessary to achieve that. Now, it sounds dumb, doesn't it? Oh, I think I'll go and earn myself into death today. Well, we all did it. Well, why would we do something dumb like that? Because our mind doesn't even have the capacity to submit itself under God. That's why we did it. That's the trouble we're in. Guys, do you see how much trouble we're in? Do you see what sin does? It is big trouble. Big trouble. And we all need to understand that. We all need to understand that we are are sinful beings. Like Spurgeon said, if you can't detect this, you're deceived. The wages of sin is death. You earned it. But... I love when it says but in the Bible, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You don't earn a gift. You don't go in and work and work and work and then be given a gift. It's not how it works. Gifts are not earned. Gifts are given. You don't do anything to deserve a gift. You don't do anything to be given a gift. Gifts are given free. Salvation's free, guys. Look how bad a shape we were in. Look how bad our state was, how ruined we were. And here comes this free gift. Why would he do that? Why would God do that? He loves you. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. Remember, Paul was asking, "Who? how am I going to get out of this? Through Jesus Christ. He's the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one, guys, no one comes to the Father, except through me. Well, that Ray, that's very intolerant. Yeah, yep, it is. That's why they call it the narrow way. You don't get a whole lot of going off to the left and drifting off to the right. It, it's narrow. It is very, very narrow, and few are going to find it. Jesus says, I am the way. Oh, certainly there's got to be more than one way to the Father. No, there's not. Well, that's not fair. Hey, let me tell you what fair would be. This is fair. We all earned condemnation. We put in the work to be condemned forever and all eternity in hell. That would be fair. If you want to cry about fair, that's fair. Condemnation is fair. Be glad that God gave you a way out at all. He offered Jesus Christ as his way for us to be taken out of this wretched body that we're trapped in, this body of death that we're all stuck in for now. He gave us the way out through Jesus Christ. Don't cry about fair. Be thankful about the gift that he gave you. It is so good. Let's get our perspective right. Oh, I don't like that he gave me just one way. Be glad he gave you a way at all. He gave you Jesus Christ to get out of this. We're the ones that put ourselves in it. Basically, he cleaned our mess up for us. Be thankful for that. That's something to be happy about. Not crying intolerance. Intolerance is one of the the labels of our generation right now. Don't let the label of a generation spoil eternity for you. Jesus is the only one with the power and the righteousness to be able to bail us out of our condemnation. But why? Again, I'd already asked that, but why does he offer us a way out at all? Why would he do such a thing? John 3.16, you know it, say it with me. 
For God so, what? Loved. For God so loved the world. That's why he did it. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever, that whoever there in the, in the scripture means you. That means whether you're tall or short, rich or poor, whether you're popular or not, if you're famous or not, if you feel like you're a big nothing or if you think you're everything that there ever was to be, you're, you're God's gift to all earth. <laughs> You need to swallow that pride. But even you, yes, even you could get saved because it says whoever believes in him should not perish. That means everybody. God offers this to everybody. If you have your Bible out in John 3.16, I hope you can follow along or if your, your notes or something, set a note in there to underline the word love. Underline the word love because that is the reason why he came to give us a way out. And the reason I stress this so hard is that you would be absolutely amazed how many people there are, some of them even claiming to be Christians, that still do not yet realize that God loves them. They feel worthless. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe their whole life people have been talking them down, and they feel like that they cannot have this eternal life available to them. They just don't understand that God cares. Scripture says God so loved the world. That includes you. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever means you. Now, eternal life is an offering of grace. It is an undeserved gift given out of love. And salvation will change you. Now, that's what I'm leading to next. If you truly, truly got saved, you would be changed. No change. No salvation, no change, no salvation. I feel like I got to say it a third time because some people ain't getting it yet. No change, no salvation. Salvation will change you, but what does it change? And how does that change affect us? We're talking about the three parts of man. Part of you is going to change. Several parts of you are going to change. And here's why we're going through the three parts of man, so we can understand what happens. Ephesians 1.13, in him, talking about Jesus, in him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, the moment you believe in the gospel, the Holy Spirit indwells you, he seals you. And that's interesting to think of. He seals you. That means he's going to keep you. You know, I've got a peach tree in my backyard. And when I moved into my house a number of years ago, I happened to bring in groceries and I had a can of peaches in the pantry. (laughs) And the peaches stayed in the pantry for many years. Now, when my peach tree would put on peaches, uh, by the end of the day, I'd come home from work and a lot of peaches had fallen on the ground and they stayed there on the ground for the day. Well, the birds got to some of them and worms got in some of them. I'd go picking up the ones that I could get. Now, if I didn't eat those peaches rather soon, they would start to rot. And this was the way it was all season for years and years. But those peaches in the, in the pantry stayed sealed in that can. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.